Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Crokey from Home. I'm your host, as always, Brandon Shell. Uh, we've got another guest here in the studio um, or on the phone via Manchester. Uh, but if I'll give the quick instructions before they help us out. But as you guys know, uh, if you haven't been with us before, this is their life drawing class. Um, we start the class with a 10 minute setup. And then we uh, we continue from there, and then we do uh, some gesture drawings to begin. So five of those that are two minutes. Then we're going to take a five-minute break. Then we're going to do four or five-minute drawings, and then we're going to do either two 10-minute drawings or one 20-minute drawing, as you guys prefer. And then um, and at some point, uh, our guest is going to leave us, and I'll take over the class from there. So without further ado... Um, May from uh, Life Drawing Manchester, how are you doing? Hello, thank you for this opportunity, Brandon. Um, no a joy, a really cool um, setup. What a great idea that you're doing. Like it. Yeah. So, uh, what I usually just tell the people um, a bit about the lighting, and and they're usually in their bedrooms or their bathrooms. Can you ha you have any advice about setting up the room? Because you guys run a run a a life drawing uh, class or session, Zoom session online. Um, yeah. 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 Normally we yeah, or normally we we have the luxury of a studio, but like most life drawing classes we've switched online. Yeah. Um so we so we, we we yeah, sorry, we we broadcast through Zoom. Yeah. And and, and we we get a model and my my best advice for setting up a pose would be have strong directional lighting. Yeah. So if you can have light from one side, so you've got one side quite lit up and another side in shadow. Yeah. And if, you, if, if, if we're in daylight and you've got the luxury of daylight, go and stand by a window or something so the natural light is flooding down on one side of your face. Right. That'll create really nice lines for you to kind of follow. Yeah. Uh, and and what about, I usually give also some tips about uh, what the model can stand on or where they should stand in the room. You got uh, any quick tips as our uh, listeners are setting up what where they can place the model in the room as far as on the floor? Or? Yeah, I would, I would, I mean, it'd be up to you. I mean, like I say, lighting's a big one. Yeah. But always keep the pose asymmetrical, I would say. So shift the weight onto one foot or maybe lean one way um because there's nothing worse than a symmetrical pose yeah um the artist hates it yeah we uh, uh on the show we call it the superman pose no superman poses no superheroes in yeah yeah no, absolutely <laughs> not. Um, i mean in, in italian they call it contraposto so it's, yeah. it's, it's shifting shifting your weight from one foot to the other not only does it introduce a lot of emotion into the pose yeah but it's it's a lot more friendly to draw when it's asymmetric and a lot more forgiving when you make sort of proportional uh, errors <laughs> <laughs> yeah they kind of turn into uh abstraction i guess and yeah make you yeah. seem like you got a bit of flair to your to your uh to your style yeah, yeah. and it's, it's a lot more because if, if it's symmetrical it means you have to get both sides perfectly right and your mistakes are really going to be exaggerated uh, whereas so, if it's asymmetrical you yeah. know it's it's lost you know it's just lost in the rhythm of the pose yeah I, we had um i completely agree we had uh, an artist on as a guest a couple weeks ago ann marshall uh for those of you who didn't hear that one you can go back she's a commercial artist who actually draws a lot on the ipad but she talked about her time uh, she took a formal education at uh, sva i believe in new york and uh and her uh if 
if her uh, professors described her drawings as expressive, uh, it was considered a, a bad thing. But in this case, I guess it's a good thing. You uh, use the contrapposto, use the asymmetry to uh, express yourselves. Um, yeah. And what about uh, where do you do you uh, give the the model any advice as far as um, and and how do you take care of the model when they're when they're with you guys physically? Oh, when when they with us physically, we as at Live Drive Manchester as as we do on the online class is 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 very much a conversation with the model because at Live Drive Manchester we tend to have our classes themed. So whether it's punk or Picasso or whatever, we we usually have a starting off point, and then we and then it's a conversation with the model because it's important for the model to express herself and her personality. Yeah. Which is vital. Otherwise, it's it's not the polls won't come across as honest and and natural. And where do you where do you find your models? Oh wow! Um, I mean, we have <laughs> oh, over the years. I mean, Life Drawing Manchester has been going ten years. Riff, um, our senior organizer, has been running it for a long time. So we've we've kind of built up a large database of local models. But since we've gone online and the sort of model landscape has completely shifted. It's opened us up to just models globally. I mean, we've had models from India, Japan, North America, South America, Canada, right throughout Europe. Yeah. And usually, I mean, we do get inundated with requests. Can can I model for you? I mean, oh, that's huge. You? Yeah. I, mean, uh, I, I would say on average, at least 15 models a week. We're getting requests saying, love to model for you, can I work with you? So that's quite overwhelming for us to deal with. And and, and also I do searches. And also, you know, there's a there's a lot of other big groups and you might you might notice a model there. Um but but ten and, and also we get we get a lot of sort of I, I do I put it references or someone will say, Oh, I've come across an amazing model, you should use it, really suit your group. Um so So how long have you guys been going on in uh, Manchester? Oh, Manchester. So I think the group, as far as I know, started about 10 years ago from a girl called Sophie. Okay. And then various people have held the baton of running it. And Riff, um, as I just mentioned, he's been running it since 2016 um, with Claire. And But then Claire kind of took a back, back seat and I started assisting at the studio about two years ago. And then since online, I've been hosting and organizing a lot of it and Riff's been doing more of the tutorial side and and helping me organize of course so have you guys been kind of uh had to close down your space kind of the same as us is that what i'm hearing uh, absolutely yeah mm. um, i mean try to go back in between when restrictions were lifted and we tried to have like social distancing and stuff but it had limited results we tried to film from the studio um, but like like I was saying, because the model landscape kind of shifted, a lot of models didn't want to model online, yeah. um, so that reduced our local model pool, right. and but expand it expanded our sort of global model pool. But obviously, some models are absolutely miles away, and it's not feasible to bring them to the studio to film. So often, the models, you know, filming, filming from home, yeah, using their own setup. Okay, and uh, we'll get into that in a second. But uh, all right, guys. So you got uh, you're still setting up. Uh, get your model ready. 
Um, also prepare that uh, prepare something for the model if they get cold or if they need a blanket or maybe they want some tea or some coffee or something warm uh, in the next break. But it's good to do that now. And also for yourself, uh, get all your tools out, whatever they are, graphite, uh, gouache, uh, what else we got, uh, oil paints, uh, watercolors, uh, I don't know, any, uh, <laughs> did, I, did I get them all, May? Is there any, any medium I oh, missed? Uh, we have them all, we have people doing collage, yeah. uh, watercolor, oils, acrylic, pencil, charcoal, pencil, you name it, yeah. um, it's it's personal choice. Yeah. So guys, get that ready. We're going to start here in a minute. I'm going to keep talking to May about uh, Manchester. So when you, uh, so there's a different dynamic, I guess, now between you and the model because the model has a different responsibility. I mean, I guess typically they just show up and and model, and in <laughs> and in these times, uh, they have they're responsible for their own setup. So uh, how do you give them guidance on that? Yeah, we work with the models a lot, so we do a lot of pre-planning. So, so, so that is so. Then also on the night, it's really organised. Then so we can go next pose, two minute, and she knows she or he knows what to do, yeah. and and because and we've already pre-planned that and set up the lighting. And like I say, because we work on themes, yeah, we that that's our starting off point. So we had a sort of Henry Russo jungle theme last week. Oh with wow! Okay. One and but Anna did set up her studio amazingly you know she had huge plants and um and, and a sort of big stuffed tiger and stuffed parrots and stuff so it was like a huge setup and with some models you know they want to be left alone and kind of know what they're doing others want more of an input um it, it just varies um, Maria who you had on recently you know we're working with Maria yeah. this tomorrow in fact and you know we work closely with maria she, she she'll like work with us on coming up with an idea that works for her and and something that works for our brand as well and then and then we work on poses you know what will suit her pose and then we'll work on how to light it and where you know where to get good rhythm shadows and stuff and 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 that's and that's how we build it up and what you uh, so you collaborate on poses what uh, what references do you use when you collaborate on the pose is it, so, is it the theme? So with, yeah so with maria this week we've got the artist louise valero mm -hmm. louis valero, valero yeah. and one of his works um, which is going to their sabbath so it's it's a huge composition of um, female poses but there's probably about 10 poses in there so this week with maria we'll look at the poses on that painting and be inspired from that pose. And Maria will do each pose individually and it'll be an artist's option if they then want to draw that on one piece of paper and create a huge composition. Oh, okay. And the, do they um, do they know the reference of the other? Of the other yes. yes. So one? I would put it in the Zoom chat. Ah, I okay. share it on screen for people to take a screen grab and i've also posted it with our adverts so people can download it pre prehand because some artists prefer doing a lot more research than others so yeah and what is uh that's is that something new that you're able to do is that something new added because of zoom that you didn't have the ability yeah, to do uh, before yeah i mean i mean in the studio it tended to be a much more of a traditional live drawing class but since it's gone online and it's gone much more sort of swung towards almost like an entertainment route, 
and 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 also you're competing kind of globally with live drawing groups now. <laughs> um, I mean, if I mean, if ever there was a saturated market, it's um, the live drawing community. Is it? So yeah, okay. one's always find ever novel ways to you know try and try and kind of sway artists to come to their group i guess yeah okay all right so guys the that was the first uh two minute post so we got four more of those and um just uh maybe you can help me out with this may i'll give my advice and then you you jump on and you you correct me and you add on um so oh. i always <laughs> i always suggest uh for the model with these first uh poses and also with the uh, illustrator or the artist that you try to do maybe the more extreme things and you try them out now rather than later when you only have to hold them for two minutes so uh for the model it's important that you uh, take uh kind of uh, composition of how your body feels and and what hurts and what hurts from your day at work or what hurts because you laid down too much uh last night or you know a crick in your neck uh so you avoid that um and try the the cool crazy one that you've thought about all day uh now rather than later and uh if it feels good to you and the model and the illustrator allows you to you can bring it back later and for the artist, uh, what you're trying to do is figure out the edges of your scope and what you want to cover today in your practice. So uh, that includes what in the room you want to focus on uh, in addition to the model, um, where the edges of your paper are uh, and where the, uh, you know, where the stuff in the room lies and, 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 and the uh, scale and veracity of your, the medium you're using and how much expression you want to do. So that's what you do with these uh um, first gesture drawings and later on hopefully you f you figure that out and you uh, go from there All right, so that was my two minute spill may I'm going to turn it over to to my students or my listeners and uh, yeah yeah brilliant I, I agree you want as, as a general divide on on poses the shorter poses obviously because you know it they are shorter so you're going to be able to do poses where you're going to be able to hold your hands up above your head or have a more extreme pose you know with the arms out in front of you or a recumbent pose leaning back or forward which would be impossible to hold for lo longer times five ten minutes because it'd be just too painful so yeah like you say any any poses that are a bit more extreme and and you're going to really push your muscles and your gesture pose do it on the shorter ones yeah and then for the for the drawer for the artist you got anything for them oh okay yeah so when you want the way i approach short poses is you really want to capture the gesture the essence of the pose so i work a lot more rhythmically on the shorter poses so imagine you know a sort of rhythm line running through the center of the upper body um s similar with the legs so as a guide when you're doing gesture drawings your lines should either be a c shape an S shape or an I, I'd, I'd lean away from just a straight line of an I. So if you think of the upper arm and lower arm as, as two Cs, you know, fo follow the rhythm of the pose. Yeah. And, and, and that's really key for gesture drawings. And if you've got a good divide between highlight and shadow, you should have like real sort of S shapes running through the body where the shadow's coming in. So you might just pick out sh shadow shapes. And uh, for you, when you are uh, going back off of that, I'm going to ask the question and I'm going to ring the bell, so don't let it distract you. Um, 
<laughs> I might as well wait the five seconds. So we got five seconds, and I'm going to ask my question. So you can take five seconds here to breathe, guys. All right, two, one. All right, so to to go with that, so when I'm finding uh, me as the artist, if I'm finding these uh, C's and these S straight shapes through the body, uh, do they run uh, through the center of the arm necessarily or along the edge? Or do they run through the center of the I, spine or, or yeah? I'd, I'd go through the center initially, you know, your initial marks. Um, but but they but they could equally they could equally be the edge. I don't like um, pinning people too much on rows. What I would say though is don't as, as most beginners will concentrate on the contours, yeah, on, on the edges. And when and when you look at people who are a bit more accomplished or advanced artists, they won't do that. They might just pick out shadow shapes or just the general curve of the whole body at first. And and you know when you see those really loose sort of rhythmic lines on gesture drawings, yeah. That that's what they're picking out. So, but for a leg, for example, I might do the if if it's you know as someone stood up, you might do the outer edge of the thigh, but then you might cross over the knee and then do the inner inner line of the calf going through to the foot, and you've got a really pronounced S shape when you do that. Okay, and and uh, the and how heavy is that line? Um, is it light? Is it best? I think um, the the main thing I would the, the one thing that really changed my work and I see it all the time in every artist is if you hold your pencil how you would write say um, as when you're handwriting like a tripod grip they would you would describe it as you can only move your wrist to like a quarter circle you know if you do the movement of your wrist the most movement or the biggest arch you can get out of it is like a quarter of a circle whereas if you hold your pencil overhand almost like a paintbrush yeah. you're drawing much more from your shoulder and elbow and you get and you get a lot your hand is liberated then to get really sweeping curves and also you can use the side of the pencil to get broad wider marks and all the way to the point to more sharp marks and you can vary the tone and, and the pressure you put on the paper that way as well to get a much broader but a much broader mark making which will reflect your pose so much more nicer and um so guys this is the the last of the five minute uh the last is the fifth excuse me this is the fifth two minute drawing and then we're going to take a break um so with that uh in these gesture drawings for you as an artist uh, you personally where do you where does your eraser go uh in these first two minute drawings my eraser, yeah. as in um, yeah. rubbing things out. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't. I as, as a rule, I try and trick not rub anything out at all. Okay. Um, I, my, if, the reason for that is, like, I, I, one, I like the construction lines, and usually I try and, make, try and make your marks mean something so it adds to the drawing. But if you, if you have your pencil really lightly touching the paper... You, when when you come into the end of your drawing, you can just go it go back in and just increase the tone of some lines to just pick out pick out the important bits, whether it's you know a shadow on the bottom of the back mm. or the rhythm of the leg. So you can go in darker, but that's why it's really important to really keep light with your pencil. Uh, excellent advice. All right, so guys, we're going to uh, so hopefully. 
May gave you some really, really, really good advice. Uh, so we're going to take this break. I'm going to keep talking to May from uh, Life Drawing Manchester. If I didn't say it already, all you have to do is uh, go to Instagram um, and uh, look up Life Drawing Manchester. Um, is there anything else I should uh, tell them to look up, uh, May? I know that you work with uh, another guest of ours, uh, Marie, and they already have her, uh, Maria. They already have her contact. Is there anything else I should uh, shout out or plug? No, I, th I think that's uh, we, we're also on Meetup. Um, yeah. the, uh, that, that's uh, that we every, we post everything on there, so you can RSVP on there. Yeah. And we we usually give a lot more detail in there because Instagram, you know, you, you don't have that many characters to describe what's going to go on in the evening. Yeah. So on, we usually put the full schedule on so you can see what post times we've got that week, you know, our structure of the class. Because there's, as well as drawing the model, we it's it's a very social class. So we have a portrait social afterwards. And it's it, it really is about community and getting together and mark making. It's it's really designed for beginners as much as pros. So it's, it's a very inclusive, open class. And, I wanna... and uh, you talk, uh, you guys do themes. Uh, give my uh, listeners maybe some examples of themes and maybe they can get inspired and try some at home so they, they don't just have to get naked and sit on their bed. Um, yeah, what, no, what themes are you? Yeah. It's a really good idea because I love introducing some kind of educational element into everything anyway um, yeah. so so like for example we might have a matisse theme okay. um, and because it's french we might then support it with a french playlist okay. so the music is really integral important but then we'd look at some matisse paintings and then and then look at the pose and maybe if you're at home maybe just either go on youtube watch a 15 minute mini lecture on matisse so you just get a bit, bit of background check or just read up the wiki page or something yeah. and then just look at his major works and you know the poses that these great artists have done when we've recreated them we thought oh wow that's an amazing pose and it's no wonder because you know some of the greatest artists of the 20th century did them yeah. and 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 also it's, it's it's really nice because then you can like maybe work in that style as well give it a go to have like a loose matisse style or play with collage and cutouts which you know he's the master of and then um when you uh what what do the students usually lean towards do they lean towards actually trying to copy the style of the of uh, no, some yeah so it, it, i mean it varies across artists so for example we did a punk session a couple of weeks ago and we had like punk music. the The model was um, sort of stylized, really punk. And we really researched punk and had, and and we also interview artists at the beginning. So we interviewed somebody who's really into punk. So they give a backstory on what punk was about. You know, its ethos, the main characters in it, the, how it influenced art and visuals. So we then stood, kind of recreated some album covers, okay, and some okay. yeah. want. Yes, some artists want the covers in advance so they can pick out the style and they study the style and they'll do it in that graphic style. Some others might just might be painters and they just pick that color palette out so they can use that for the paints. Others just stay in the normal style they're normally sketching, which may be charcoal, pencil, watercolors. It, it's really up to the artist how they want to interpret it. We just set the cue um, and sort of create the scenario, how people want to then go on and interpret that is we, we leave it free to the artist to do 
And how how many uh, times a week or a month are you guys having uh, these uh, Zoom sessions right now? So we're we're a weekly class. We have quite a lot going on. We quite we kind of ended up with a busy schedule. On Wednesdays, Riff does a wonderful tutorial class where those that want to take drawing on further, yeah, we. We have started, like, at the moment, we're doing a 15-week drawing course, but you can drop in and out depending what appeals to you. So at the moment, we're doing portraits, and we teach a lot of the specific drawing exercises, techniques, and approaches that they teach in some of the best art schools around the world. And it so, for example, we do Loomis or Riley Abstraction, and it helps you then take your drawings onto the next level and how to do portraits where you can get great lightness. And when you see artists do wonderful portraits in five minutes and you think, you know, how did you do that? <laughs> but there are underlying structures to it. You know, yeah. it, it, it is quite mathematical and techie, but it really does improve your drawings. And then on Thursday, we have our main class, which is, like I say, themed. So it's, 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 it's as much a social night as it is a drawing class. Um, and then on Friday, we released an art challenge on Instagram where we we basically release three random images and you can interpret them any way you like. And the results have been astounding. They've been funny. Some people have made them out of origami. Some people have painted the body. It's, it's been quite funny. So we have three random images. It could be like a flamingo, a I pineapple. Think, uh, and <laughs> I think I saw people, one. Was it? Am I messing it up? Was there a tiger last week? Or? Yes, yes. Last week's was a tiger. A tomato, and then um, yeah, there was tomatoes. And there was a recognizable character, but I didn't. I recognized him, but I didn't know why. There was like a cartoon drawing. Yeah, so they are literally just plots from yeah. whatever yeah, the, I, I come. Yeah, I I double tapped the the result. That one was pretty funny. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. So I can totally. They have, they uh, have yeah. leaned towards funny cartoons at the moment for yeah. some reason. Yeah, they have been. It's been a joy to see those. Um, yeah. Really fun. So we'll be doing another one this Friday. I just kind of wake up on a Friday morning and pick, you know, see two or three random images I come across online and see what happens. Oh, and. Yeah. Yeah, and also there is a it, that is a raffle. So once a month, everybody who's tagged us can win a sketchbook whoever enters uh, on that okay and on sunday we have a mini class which is portraits only so those that love portraits again it's themed so we had a valentine's one last week but we've had samurai we've had um we've, we've had punk which i did recently so it usually can the thursday but sometimes it's an it's a separate model so is the studio just consumed with a bunch of uh props and costumes at the moment but i guess now the the model has to have them yeah now the model has so that's why we work <laughs> so usually and, and that's why I, I relate to the most so i say to the model you know say all right what what are your interests what are your hobbies what do you love and and, and, and that's where usually the idea for a theme generates from. Because like I say, for me, it's absolutely imperative that it's some, you know, that the model's got a vested interest in it. And it gives them ownership of it to do a, a, a better job because it, it becomes their, becomes their thing then. Yeah. Um, May, thank you so much. Uh, we've we've wasted a perfect, or re -en we enriched 30 minutes of our listeners' lives. Uh, you gave some amazing, amazing advice uh, that I didn't even think about, uh, especially simple things like the C and the S shape and 
some different themes that they could try out and even this idea of drawing from not only uh, you know traditional masters of art but also just punk rock covers and trying to reinterpret those so um guys um let's all thank um may from life drawing manchester uh, this is the first of the five-minute poses. I'm going to continue teaching the class. Uh, this is obviously pre-recorded. Um, and then uh, we're going to let May go and uh, thank him for his time. Um, any last advice? Maybe one uh, tip, just because we have two minutes before this pose on uh, on long poses. Maybe uh, I got a good one. How do you um, how do you stop from getting like a a crick in your neck or like a stiff neck as the as the drawer? Oh, as as the model or as the drawer? Um, maybe give me quickly uh, one of each, one tip. Oh, oh, okay. Well, I mean, as far as the model goes, I mean, that's personal to the model. On the longer poses, first and foremost, be super comfortable because while a pose might feel okay at the beginning, as more time goes on when you're starting to do 20 to 45-minute poses, even the most mundane pose will start to become painful. So have a lot of support. Use, you know, if you're doing a portrait, have your elbow down maybe on a desk and support your hand on your face. Kind of think of it strategically like that. Um, as an artist, I mean, I, I guess it's just what's comfortable to you. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but I mean, the, the most thing is just enjoy your art. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's such a mindful, sort of almost meditative thing to do and study after study now shows having some sort of creative outlet a week is brilliant for good mental health yeah. and just enjoy yourself don't get caught up on how how you know good drawing or how literal your drawing is compared to what you drew just enjoy the experience that that's the biggest thing i can get across really and that's what i say to our group i do labor the point okay but it is about just enjoying it and just just doing something mindful which drawing is perfect for. Oh, amazing. And right on time, Did you? are you keeping track of time as well? Um, no, no. I think I've just got so intuitive with hosting now. <laughs> yeah. I'm on your way. <laughs> You've got a sixth sense for it. Well, uh, again, May, thank you so much for joining. Um, yeah, on that note, uh, yeah, thanks. That's all. Oh, Brandon, thank you. It's been an absolute um, joy and a pleasure, and I'm humbled that you asked us. Thank oh, you so anytime. much. Anytime, anytime. So that was um, an interview I did a couple weeks ago with uh, Mayhill, or May as he is affectionately called, from Manchester, uh, Life Drawing Manchester. So you guys can um, find him uh, or their organization, their group, through Instagram. Just type in uh, Life Drawing Manchester and they'll come right up. And I'll say through doing this process, um, it's really important to um, interact with these people and like what they do and uh, make a comment. Uh, the We talked about it a bit off air before we got started, that uh, the social media applications have become more and more strict and stringent about uh, reach and uh, getting your uh, creativity or your process uh, out to people that might be interested. I don't know if it's because there's so much content that they need to sift through it more or be more strict, or they would rather you uh, indulge them in some financial uh, 
greasing of their the palm of their hand. Uh, I'm not really sure. Nobody really knows. But I we can all, uh, from what I've heard and what I can imagine, they've been during this time specifically. They've become more and more strict about uh, reach, and uh, reach is something that's extremely important to um, smaller uh, organizations and groups of people that uh, don't have a budget. So the only way to do that, uh, unfortunately, nowadays is uh, to right away like and respond to the stories and share with your friends. So um, the same goes for Epsilon Radio. Uh, the same goes for places like uh, Life Drawing Manchester and uh, specifically with uh, the figure models. And uh, they have an even bigger struggle uh, at times because uh, they are almost a shadow band because their content is seen as uh, sexual. Um, but for most of you know, and the ones in this class, of course, uh, every time the nude body, it isn't, uh, in and of itself, uh, sexual, um, it's about the interpretation of the, uh, viewer. Um, and it's, it's a bit unfortunate that it's starting to, uh, the, the algorithm is, uh, dictating, um, what, uh, these communities are capable of, and uh, what we've learned through this process, through uh, May and Sharon and Marie and all the people we've talked to to this point, is that they do it more for the community, and it helps uh, uh, heads over tails uh, with anxiety and PTSD and keeping active and and just uh, yeah. But you guys know that all already. Um, that was just my little moment to get on the soapbox and, uh, for th this community that I've found myself in now, um, I, I too, I could definitely engage more. Um, I try to at least like, uh, everybody's photos. Um, of course I have to like them, but I try to engage more, um, do my little bit, uh, to, uh, help, help these things out because it's something that I think is important. Um, for all of the reasons that I just mentioned. Um, so May left us in the middle of our five-minute poses. So the second of which will be ending uh, here shortly in about 30 seconds. Um, I didn't get through all of my notes on Maria uh, Marie's uh, modeling session last week. So we can quickly revisit that. Um, and then uh, May brought up some different uh, drawing techniques, which I'm excited to look more into. Uh, I won't get into it this episode, but I'm uh, the libraries are slowly opening, and uh, I'm going to register for a li library card hopefully uh, this week, and I'll be able to um, uh, do that with you guys. All right, so okay, so that is the second. Five minute pose. Um, we have two more to go in the class. Um, yeah, so I think I need to. I've been on this journey through the radio, specifically with Croquis and talking to these different uh, people that have adjusted to the current state of things and and found new ways uh, and interesting ways of continuing their practice and continuing growing their community. Um, and I think now I need to 
get back in a book. So I think uh, the next episode, uh, if I can come upon it, will probably be back into some art theory and art practice. I may even take the second half of this session and talk about um, some of the artists that have come up in the last couple episodes that I could definitely do some more research on. So just a reminder, as always, I'm just the guide through through this world. Um, for the model, make sure you keep in mind how it feels, uh, what hurts, what doesn't hurt, uh, what is falling asleep, what's not falling asleep. Uh, May made a really, really good point about the way in which you hold your pencil, the drawer, uh, or the illustrator. Um, so keep that in mind. How do we hold the pen and the pencil, right? I mean... You are kind of um, kind of moved out of your natural technique as you grow older in order to make your handwriting legible, right? But uh, when you move back to trying to draw abstraction and and draw a um, non symbolism or non um, what's the word I'm looking for non communicative communicative uh, in a non-communicative way, uh, maybe you should hold the pen differently. Uh, he made the point that uh, when you hold the pencil uh, in the traditional way or the way that we're taught to write, uh, it doesn't lend itself well to getting the full range of your wrist, um, which I guess I have thought about, but I never uh, had anybody put words on it the way in which he did. So thanks, May. thank you, May, for that. Uh, but yeah, try holding your pencil differently. Um, try loosening your grip. Um, you know, it, it's a balance, right? When you're holding your pencil between uh, having the the um, capability and the functionality of getting it to do what you would like it to do, but also having it loose enough that your kind of natural uh, um, reaction can take form. Um, because the way in which we write is not the way in which we draw. And what he was suggesting is that you hold it as if you would hold a paintbrush, um, which is, again, a bit looser, maybe a bit higher up. Uh, you can get uh, a wider range uh, on the paper. So if you guys haven't tried that already, I invite you to try it uh, here for the rest of this session. So I'm going to go back through Maria's the notes I took on Maria, the life model, when I attended their Zoom session a couple weeks ago. Um, but I think this time I'd like to talk to you as the person drawing. And it's an exercise for me that I'm trying just as much as you. Um, I, I, as you guys know, I don't um, really draw or illustrate anymore but I am really interested in communicating uh, with words, uh, the process of doing uh, life drawing and, and art and the discussion surrounding art practice and art theory. So 
I'm just trying to reverse engineer my notes about Maria's posing. So it may or may not make sense, but that's completely fine. Uh, you can't uh, fail unless you try. So I'll start with the, uh, the next pose. Okay, so that's going to come here now in uh, three seconds. So you can uh, model, you can switch, you can switch positions and draw, you can shake out and reset the position of your head. So one thing you can look for, which uh, doesn't typically exist, but maybe you can um, see if they exist. Maybe the, the poses in a way that they do exist, but look for uh, parallel lines or lines that are almost parallel. Um, don't make them parallel because then you'll end up with abstraction. But a good point that um, May made, uh, and I also noticed with uh, Maria, is sometimes she made intentionally uh, parallel lines with her shoulders and her arms. And just use as a reference. Um, I think we can default to drawing parallel lines because we think that the, the body kind of is symmetrical and it runs down and the shape, and especially with the arms, right? The arms, you want to always, you know, the arm is the same weight and texture uh, from the shoulder to the elbow at least, and then again from the elbow to the wrist. But that's not true. So, um, take into account those lines uh, right now. And one thing that um, Mayhew suggested was um, to find the S's and the C's in the shape. So maybe if you if you start with these two very light parallel lines, maybe you could maybe they help you find where these S and C shapes are. In other words, maybe try uh, finding the spine, right? And, and drawing a, a line for the, sp the spine and then going back in a bit heavier and using a C shape or S shape, find out where that shadow leads you. Um, you're not trying to draw the bone, uh, but, but you probably have some type of shadow down the spine if you're drawing from behind. And on the front, sometimes it's the same. If you can find maybe uh, the collarbone is a good one. Uh, again, not completely parallel, but gives a solid like reference point to find out where the, uh, the uh, traps are or the shoulders. Um, and then maybe coming down from there, from the center of the collarbone at the base of the neck, maybe finding that line or the shading uh, between the chest uh, to the belly button. The belly button is obviously also, uh, without mentioning, an amazing re reference point. I mean, it's literally a reference point. It's like a, a dot on a map, right? And uh, it's not directly center, obviously, but it is close to it. So you can always, um, you know, find find that line, you know, almost... You know, the, the collarbone to the shoulder blades and then almost perpendicular or in that general area through the center of the collarbone, down through the chest uh, and to the abs, to the belly button. Um, 
and draw these lines very lightly. Uh, don't draw them heavily because they're probably not actually there. I mean, you are probably making them more visible uh, than they, they probably are, but that's okay as long as you don't draw them uh, too heavy. Um, we always mention this as well. Not only can you find things that are parallel in the room, maybe you can find the things that are parallel in the room. So uh, obviously we're dealing with perspective again. So the only way you would have parallel lines is is on the back wall, uh, depending if, and you would have to sit specifically um, uh, symmetrically in that room. But still, they are a good reference point, the top of, you know, where the ceiling meets the the wall on the top and on the floorboard is good. Floorboard is a really good one as well. Um, these two lines that obviously are parallel, if you just look at a two by four and you were to draw it uh, in plan, it would be parallel, but it skews, right? And it skews because there's perspective and perspective allows us to see distances and things get smaller. There's that perspective that things get smaller as they go further away. Um, if you look at Flemish uh, Renaissance painting, if you look at um, uh, Roman Renaissance painting, you're going to get more uh, one point or two point perspective, right? Like these two points are the horizon and this this imaginary line goes from here into the uh, horizon. So that was... Um, the last five minute pose. And now we have a uh, five minute break here. So it always, I always say it. So sorry if it gets a bit annoying, but it's time to take care of the model. It's time to stretch out. Um, if you, if you or the model have been leaning too much to one side, take this moment to stretch to the other side. Doing the opposite usually helps stretch. Uh, make sure when you're doing it, you're breathing. Um, there's just something that that general, whether it's exercise or not, it's always good to breathe. Um, not hold your breath when you're lifting. Don't hold your breath when you're exercising. Don't hold your breath at any point. Uh, I don't know why that's the instinct of humans. I do it too. Uh, but it's super important that you exhale. Uh, it relaxes the muscles. Um, he gets rid of some of the, the tension uh, quite naturally. So take this time now to do that. Uh, put on put on your robe, uh, put on your t-shirt, put on your sweatshirt, uh, put the blanket over you, get warm, especially the feet. The feet get really cold, uh, so keep the feet warm at this, this moment. And yes, take, uh, you might as well use this break like you use all the other breaks and uh, take time to look back through your drawings and see, now you've been drawing this person for the last half hour, hopefully, and uh, there may be some problem area that uh, is the same in every pose. Um, maybe you just can't really, f maybe this person has a unique, I don't know, earlobe. I don't know what they have. Um, earlobes are, and ears are also very fun to draw. Uh, if you're not worried about uh, having a finished sellable drawing, you can really get some interesting forms and shapes and abstraction and expressions um, without having to do much other than tr uh, find the shadows in the ear. Um, so take a look back through your drawings. 
also, <laughs> it could be a good exercise to realize what you're not drawing. Are you avoiding um, the same part? I mean, obviously, we've talked about this uh, plenty of times, but we all avoid the hands and the feet um, because they're hard. And when we have such short poses, it's hard to um, draw the hands and feet. So are you ignoring that? But also, are you ignoring something else that for whatever reason you didn't realize you were ignoring as the illustrator so take the second now and have you been what have you been ignoring uh, what shadow uh, has has given you trouble if you are using your eraser which you probably were in these last longer poses what did you erase a lot what uh, what part did you erase a lot did you have to redraw the arm? Was that because the model kept moving? Hopefully not. Um, what did you have to do? Um, yeah, so the break, uh, we got one minute to go in the break. I'm going to keep trying to reverse engineer... Uh, Maria's photos, uh, Maria's session. Sorry, I just can hear some music in the background. And I'm trying to make sure that you guys can't hear it on the radio. All right, so I just sent a message downstairs to turn down the music. Um, somebody came in ready to party apparently today. Um, yes. Yeah, so also, uh, I wrote down here from last week that Maria was, uh, conscious of the soles of her feet and where they were on the floor. Also, you can also use these next, um, So we do these last two 10-minute uh, drawings or one 20-minute drawing. Um, uh, and you can use it to concentrate on a specific uh, part of the body. I think the feet and the hands are good to take this last minute. It also allows your model to rest um, if they can just relax their hands somewhere. And the nice thing is about hands when they rest and feet when they rest, if they're easy to stay in place and they still give you some nice uh, shadows and shapes and some interesting drawings um, without doing too much. I mean, we use our hands. They are the probably, you know, the most intricate part other than of, as far as what we use physically. Um, they're quite strong. Um, they're used to being used all the time. So they, you know, if you don't put a weight in them, you can kind of get the, the, the veins in the, on the back of the hand and the knuckles and, uh, you know, the, the lines on the hand, the palm of the hand. Uh, and you can get as detailed or as loose as you want to be. And I think I mentioned this before on these classes or in these classes that for me, the hands and the feet really separate uh, the good ones from the bad, um, 
I'm even sitting in the studio right now and looking at a poster. I just glanced over and we have this poster on the wall of an illustration. Um, not a literal illustration, but just a poster of a Copenhagen a Bicycle Week from some years ago. And even though uh, it's supposed to be a, a woman with her bike behind her, um, and it's just her silhouette, but they still, um, the illustrator still hid the hands. They put the hands in the pocket. They put the hands behind the back, behind the bike, um, because it's easier and we all do it. Uh, but the reality is nobody's going to look at these drawings. You're going to, nobody that you don't want to is going to look at these drawings. Maybe you, you, I don't know, have an affection for somebody or somebody convinces you to show you, show them your drawings. But the reality is you don't have to, it's just for you. Don't be embarrassed by yourself. Um, you know, it's almost like looking in the mirror and giving yourself a, I don't know, a pep talk. Um, yeah. So don't be embarrassed by it. Try it out. Uh, but if you're going to do it, I'll say maybe don't erase it right away. Um, don't erase the whole thing right away. If you're going to erase, erase it in sections. And if you can help yourself, I would rather you turn the page or move on to a different part of the page and redraw the same hand or the same foot. Don't erase it. Because the reality is you're always partially right just like anything in life. You're never completely wrong. There's always truth in what you say and and there's always truth in your drawing. Um, your reference and how you got there is completely valid and don't erase it because it's going to be a reference to your next drawing. So even if it takes five times, 10 times, 15 times, um, what I mean by don't erase is don't take the, don't draw a super hard line and then just take the eraser or rip up the page or even worse, uh, take the pencil and just really hard, like, you know, like scratch, scratch through it. That was, <laughs> I don't know if that was a puppy or a scratch through sound, um, but don't do that. Don't, uh, don't scratch through it because what you'll see when you get to the end and you look back is, oh, okay. It was just this one line that was throwing me off. It was just this knuckle that was in the wrong place. It was just this fingernail that was a bit off. It was just this, this, and 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 uh, that's what I meant before by erasing and drawing and then erasing and drawing. Is sometimes because the eraser doesn't take off all the graphite or all the ink, and the ink doesn't go on as hard as it did the last time. You you kind of without knowing it are creating shadow. You're creating the you're turning the fingernail and you're turning the knuckle and you're turning the hand and you're you're turning things without you realizing it um, just by erasing because what you're doing is when you erase and and then draw and then erase and then draw is you're actually creating some variant in the shading. You're creating a gray. If it was a pencil, you're creating a lighter gray tone if it's uh if you're scratching the paper out you're creating um a lighter part of that paper or you're when you're unintentionally pushing the eraser across the page you're making this like uh streak of graphite that is a bit broader and a bit bolder and that's all intentional um especially if you guys have one of these um 
these needed erasers. Uh, I mentioned that way back in the beginning, but there are different types of erasers, just like there's different types of pencils. And a kneaded eraser is basically essentially like um, a piece of clay almost that erases graphite. Um, and it doesn't do it very well unless you press really hard. So uh, it also responds to the pressure you put in it. So if you put light pressure, it's just going to kind of smudge the ink off or smudge the graphite off. And if you press hard, it'll take it all off. But usually it won't. Um, you probably need a, a tr more traditional uh, rubber eraser to get the uh, to get the pencil completely off. We talked about um, this comes up a lot, but we talked about Maria using three points to anchor um, her body and her weight uh, to the floor or to. Uh, support herself um, that this helped her from moving too much it obviously was where she drew her focus um, to hold the pose and I can say for you guys that no matter what especially if you're talking about like old masters or renaissance or Flemish renaissance or Greek mythology or ancient Egypt or Babylonian or romanticism or rococo or pick any uh art uh before 1850 maybe even a bit after that and they will always you can always follow the painting through three points at least or through a triangle or different parts of the the, the painting through a triangle and this is a tried and true method to get good composition it's a tried and true method to get some expression in your drawing, it's, it, it just works. So do yourself a favor, and just as Maria used those uh, three points to anchor her body to the room in, in three dimensions, try to find three points to anchor the model to your page, right? Is it, and I can go through the list of options again, and uh, usually with the body, maybe try finding the three points that are the furthest away, right? So let me see if I can think of something. You know, is one knee bent? Um, is the other one straight? Uh, the top of the head is always an obvious one, right? So usually you can go from the top of the head to uh, the hip and then to the foot and back up if and that's a normal um a contrapasto or a normal um traditional uh one side leaning pose that's your triangle there if uh they lift their knee up and put it on a chair for instance or um one leg is up then you can go from the tip of the head to the knee and then to the foot Wherever you see fit, like find find those three points, and then and actually they're further away than you think they are, and they're also and then I'm gonna say the opposite. They're also closer than you think they are. Um, but those those are good reference points, especially if you want like um, a bit of a finished drawing. It's good to find out what these three points are and how do you get from A to B to C of this triangle.
Um, yeah. I'm never sure what you guys can hear. I don't think you guys can hear the background uh, of downstairs. Uh, but, uh, yeah, just stay with me. We got, all right, so this is going to mark halfway through this last pose. Okay. So in three, two, one. Okay, so as always, you need to make the decision. Do you want to stay with this pose? Uh, do you want to move on? And uh, that decision is obviously up to you, but also up to the model. Uh, maybe quickly ask the model if they're okay. Maybe quickly figure out if you want to take this last moment to move in the room. Um, do you need to reset your head? Do you need to reset your easel quickly? Um, do that. We got 10 minutes to go. Um, and, you know, enter this last 10 minutes like you entered the first 10 minutes with enthusiasm. Um, you know, don't uh, don't trail off. I think that's one of the hardest things about doing a life drawing session. It's uh, trailing off towards the end. You feel like you've been drawing and either you you can't figure it out or you've been drawing and you finished it. Um, but it's important because typically you start to get in your rhythm, unfortunately, at the end of things and at the end of this class. So if you think you have mastered this one position and the artist is uh, staying in that one position, uh, do yourself a favor and uh, and redraw it if you think you're finished. You know, uh, turn the page and redraw it from memory and try to draw it again. Try to do it cleaner. Maybe you want to save the drawing for later. Maybe you want to hang it up. Maybe you want it with less uh, mess around it, less erasure marks. Um, so turn the page and keep going. And of course, what we've learned from these uh, classes and these uh, interviews is that for the longer things that we all say, wow, that is so realistic, they take, unfortunately, longer than this short uh, one-hour and some odd minute class, they take three and four hours. And that's on a good day for the professionals. If you remember back, we talked to Ann Marshall. And she said on a good day, she can finish one of her drawings in four hours. And that's her drawing on an iPad, using technology, uh, doing it every day, doing it as work. So if it takes her four hours... There's no reason that uh, it shouldn't take you longer. So please don't be discouraged. Um, it's just an exercise to get the left side of the brain working, an exercise to get you guys active. Um, it's just an exercise to make you uh, better. Yeah. So... What other points can I take from, oh yeah, uh, we mentioned the hair uh, when we were talking about uh, Marie as well, where was her hair falling and she obviously was, con she was conscious of that as well. The hair is such a good reference point because you can't, it's almost like one of those things you can't really do wrong and it's fun to draw because it's just very fun, loose or hard it can you can do anything with it 
uh, it really also brings out the personality. It also makes the person look like the person. Their hairline, whether it's curly or it's long and it's straight, is really, uh, especially for most of us who are not like a professional illustrator in that way that we uh, are almost uh, doing characters or cartooning or realistic drawings of specific famous people or our family. Uh, we learn to draw a nose. We don't, it's, it takes a little bit longer and I've never gotten good at it, but drawing specific noses and making it look like the person, but the nice, but the hair is always good for that because the hair, especially when you have these quick gesture drawings and these 10 minute drawings and these five minute drawings, the hair really lends it well to get a bit of the person's personality and the emotions of that person, uh, on the page. Um, so find, uh, their hairline, um, find how their hair falls in their face. And if, and also if they don't have hair, that also is part of their personality. Um, you know, not to say that we all should identify with our hair in any way, but it does, it does help add character to our drawings and make it look less like, uh, just figures. Don't forget about the the shadows, guys. We have five minutes to go, uh, so maybe take this time if you if you've got a completed uh, human or whatever you're drawing in the room. Where does that uh, where does that person cast their shadow in the room? Is it off the wall? Is it on the floor? Is it off the bed? Is it hitting the the blanket and then doing some weird thing where it doesn't look like a shadow anymore? Um, if we didn't use one light source, if we ended up using two light sources, how are those two light sources giving a shadow? Uh, are they giving a shadow in two different directions? Um, are they blending a shadow? So take this time. And I think also when you start to burn out and you get towards the end of these classes, it's, it's a nice time to not only spend with the hair and get some personality into it, but the shadows as well. Um, to give uh, the room a bit of uh, love and care and TLC and place their feet, feet on the ground, right? I mean, if you uh, if we haven't discussed it, one fun thing, uh, fun fact to know is that the difference between uh, medieval art and uh, Renaissance art that came directly after uh, early Renaissance is they simply just started putting people back on the floor, right? There were these uh, paintings in the churches, usually, and everybody floated in gold, you know? They all floated, they all were the same size, and everybody floated in gold. Uh, and then, uh, as humanism became uh, the new thing, these people were put back on the ground, right? They were no longer these uh, angelical beings that uh, sat above us, but they were placed on the, the ground and they were just men. Very extraordinary. Handsome men and women, very important men and women, but still uh, just men and women. And the way they did that was just placing them on the ground. So <laughs> if, if the person in front of you is an angel, the person you're drawing is angelic, by all means, leave them in the air, let them float in the room, 
and let them float into uh, off into eternity and live forever if they are human um, but still amazing still cool still uh, relevant um, to society uh, place them on the ground draw and the, like I said before the easiest thing to do is find the baseboard and where does that baseboard hit their uh, foot or their ankle uh, where where is it behind them right find that and draw the shadow from their body to the baseboard in the room if something's blocking the baseboard find their body into the cabinet that's behind them or the bed or the the um, chair that's behind them where does that shadow go uh, trace the shadow um, from them to the objects in the room yeah Use that la this last minute to do that. All right, guys. So I guess I can start signing off. I'm not going to give any more tips for this class. I hope it was enjoyable. I hope it still um, added to your practice. I hope we gave new information. I know we talk about it a lot here, and there's been a lot of croquis sessions. They will only air on Wednesdays now. They won't air on Fridays anymore as more things have been added to the schedule. Here at the radio station, we switch croquis to one day. Um, if you haven't checked it out before this class, there's something called uh, critique class in, in Danish. For those of you who speak Danish, where uh, the art students from the local Royal Academy review or talk about blue chip artists so your top 100 150 artists in the world and we are working on finding another artist in residency to play after this class so be in touch keep in touch and engage engage with the artists that have been on here on instagram continue to engage with epsilon radio and keep us active with that i'll say thank you for today um you've got five seconds and i'll say Goodbye, guys. Thank you.